Okay. <laughs> okay. Ween. Oh, no, I'm two. recording. I'm already recording. Oh, you're already recording? <laughs> yeah. Me too. Okay, okay, go, go, go. Anyway, go, go. Okay. this is just behind the scenes of <laughs> BTS podcast. Episode 20. <laughs> Woo! Wow! This is it. Episode is 20. It? This is it. Yeah, we finally made it. Damn. I feel good we about it. We beat that. all the odds. <laughs> The ratings, we don't care about the ratings. We're not doing it for the ratings. We're not doing it for but anyone. It's about us. It is about us. It's been as about selfish us as that sounds. Oh, it's not even selfish. Right. It's just true. <laughs> it is true. I poured myself some but, water. I'm ready to go. But actually, if you look at the SoundCloud plays, for some reason, the last episode was really popular. Really? Yeah. If you look at it, there's like over 100 plays. Mmm, hot. Like, 20 plays in the last 24 hours, so we're, we're on the up and up. Buy we're on some the up good and friends up. podcast stock while it's cheap. Hell yeah. Goddamn, it's definitely cheap right now. Oh my God. Boy, is it. It's practically dirt, but there's a good chance there's some gold <laughs> under here. Janet, your stock, <laughs> each one's double the price for you. Trust. <laughs> um, I have to say that getting some feedback, the segments about Janet are incredibly unpopular. Says who? Janet's dad? I'm not going to say. Wait. I don't want to call out one of the several listeners we have, okay. but she's wildly unpopular. However, that's not going to stop me because I find Janet's sad, miserable life very interesting. Mm. Mama-like. Damn. I know. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, are people responding to like, you know, the banter about Janet as something they don't like? Or is it that... The the topic itself is so pathetic and um, smelly that it sort of <laughs> makes one it fools one into thinking that the problem is us when really it's just you know the problem at the core which is Janet. It's really the topic know? and the content, right? And actually, um, right, it's right. Pam Pam hates it when we make fun of Janet because Pam thinks Janet does way so like so much for us, but she just doesn't get it. Okay, Pam. Um, she I... doesn't know Janet well enough. <laughs> She doesn't know what all. we endure. Right. She doesn't get right. it. She doesn't know. She sees one end of it, and on our end, it's like, okay, constant emotional abuse. Like, I'm falling apart every time she contacts me. There's, like, a steep and and uh, expensive price to pay. Yes. To even be just affiliated with Janet. Honestly. Like, I hope so. that there... Does she think that there's a price on your emotional well-being? I don't know. That's a good apparently. question to ask her. I cannot wait... For there to be a situation where time travel is possible, and obviously we have a coat hanger, we want to go back to when Janet's like six months out. Um, we're sending Pam. We're sending Pam. It's like a Terminator scenario. It is. <laughs> Imagine. She's gonna go back. Just be naked. Have to run around looking for a raincoat, and then have to abort Janet's fetus. <laughs> Literally imagine, imagine like a huge electric bubble, like that, like destroys everything in its path. And at the center of it is a steaming, like electric covered Pam. It's like literally like with a coat hanger in her hand. What about the new Terminator? Is that a thing? Is it happening? Yes. Terminator Genesis with a Y. Come on. I know. Just... It, 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 I mean, the crazy thing is that the guy who's starring in it used to be governor of California. Ugh. Like, what is... What is... What were people smoking back then? I mean, what are people smoking now? It's one of those things where it's like, okay, it was crazy that you went into politics and, like, did the damn thing for two terms, and it's equally crazy that now you're just like, all right, I'm back into action movies. Like, what? Why not? 
Yeah. Reagan didn't go back to Westerns. Like, what? I know. Man, that's so it's, nuts. It's so nuts. What is the Schwarzenegger stock? Do you have any faith in it? I don't. I don't know if there is stock anymore. I mean, he's still he's clearly still an action star. I don't know. But is he, though? Like, I don't think he can keep doing the thing that he was doing. I don't think he can expect us to. We just know too much now. And, like, he's a different person to us. Like, is he really just going to show up naked in Los Angeles next month again in this movie? Like, it's no big deal. But he still does get, like, very important. I mean, he's, like... What was the what was the franchise the 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 uh, Expendables? Oh. He had like a big role in like the sequel to that. And there I was didn't like, even know he was one... in. It. He was in the sequel. Oh. He was in Expendables too. Interesting. As like uh, I think he was he had a fairly big role. I mean, he is to me he's like the godfather of action action yeah. movies. And I agree. There's always going to be like an action movie, and he's going to end up making some kind of cameo anyway. Yeah, I feel like Arnold I've always thought Stallone is the poor man Schwarzenegger, even though oh, I think a true. lot of guys would disagree. I think guys slightly older than us would disagree. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, I don't know. Probably, I mean, Stallone, yeah. It's weird because he had some, like, artistic merit, too, because he was, like, a director for for a lot of stuff. Anyway, we're getting off topic. We are. <laughs> not that we even are on a topic. Yeah, not that there's point. ever a topic to be on or that Stallone right. is ever something not worth talking about, but... Let's get back on track because but we, we got some kind of big smooth... D to suck, if you know what I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I don't condone that. Should I not do banter. HBO copywriting? <laughs> like, there's a big D coming through the mouth train this week on True Detective. Like, what? What is that? <laughs> yeah, I would fire you really quickly. But <laughs> I would fire you so quickly. But we do have to talk about TD season T. <laughs> season two. EP Ween, episode one. <laughs> Literally TD season T EP Ween. I mean, that's the only laugh you'll be having when it comes to True Detective, that moment right there, right. because everything else. Unless, be right, unless you think um, physical abuse is hilarious. Um, ginger rape babies. <laughs> ginger rape babies are hilarious. Like if someone unless pitched, like, what's one of the big storylines of True Detective season two? Ginger rape baby. I'd be like, hmm, didn't see that one coming. Really veered. Zigged when I thought you'd zag. Uh, so, okay. True Detective season two, starring Colin Farrell. Oh, I'm sorry, Colin Firth. Colin Firth. <laughs> and uh, uh, your boy, Vince Sanity, Vince Vaughn. Um, ah, hold up. My boy is Colin Farrell. Okay. Yeah, your favorite your favorite sex tape artist, Colin Farrell. Yeah, honestly. Like, the artist from the greatest celebrity sex tape of all time, unfortunately filmed during his stint as Bullseye from Daredevil, so he's bald in it. But Oof. nevertheless, I'll take it. Um, really, like, full A for that tape. He's <laughs> the best. He's the most underrated actor of his generation. <laughs> honestly, he's like the, uh, he was the best part of the first episode. Yes, um, for by sure. Far. For sure. By far the most intriguing part, the most interesting part. But what did you think of it overall? We 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 had the we had the kind of the uh it, it was very different than than so far. It feels like it's a very different type of story. Feel the the the, the opening um episode is very different from TD season 1. Yeah. Episode 1. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh What do I think I about think, it? I think a lot of people found it 
to be disappointing, but I'm curious as to how you thought of TD season T episode <laughs> one. Um, well, first of all, I want to point out that the, one of the things we talk about in the first episode of the good friends podcast is true detective. Is it really? Yeah, it is because we were talking about good recall. Yeah. We were talking about like twin peaks and we're talking about how like people won't, people are just going to be like, are excited about it, even though like, you know that they're going to like hate it when it comes out. I feel right. like that's going to be the same vibe for this. I, okay. So I'm not someone that like loves loved true detective season one i'm not like i was not mm-hmm. on my knees for that d if you know what i mean i wasn't like praising it didn't <laughs> love it um right i also didn't watch it like while it was on and i can't tell if that was like maybe for the best or not like would i have liked it more or would i have liked it less if it like reached the ending and i'd been as invested as people somehow were like oh my god right people were so invested i always it found was. the first season i found the first season to be very like I don't know, way more superficial than the hype around it made it seem. A mm. lot of, a, like... A lot of McConaughey. A lot of McConaughey doing his McConaughey thing. He's not... That was but, the role that pushed McConaughey into a different version of just himself. Now to be McConaughey right. is to be Rust Cole, which is so crazy. Because for right. years it was this other McConaughey he always was. Now it's this new version of him that he always is going to be. So crazy. Right. Like, wow. So that's, like, the biggest role of his career. And he won an Oscar the year before. That's still the biggest role of his career, I think. The true detective role. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Overall, I just thought season one was, like, a bit more filled with hot air. I don't know. Like, the mysticism was, like, more interesting right. aesthetically than it was actually narratively. I didn't think it really, like, went as deep. I don't know. The philo- It was just, like, a lot of rambling. Like, a lot of philosophical rambling, which is, like, great on paper and, like, great to watch. But, like, doesn't really add up to much. I, like, wasn't... I didn't leave it being, like, whoa, there's something that, like, I've never seen before. It was just kind of, like, here's a dude who's... The takeaway. The takeaway was light. Like, here's a guy who... I can tell exactly what this guy probably, like, read. This guy being Nick Pozzolato or, like, Pizza Juice. Pizzolato. Pizzolato, yeah. (laughs) Nick Pizza Juice. Yeah, Nick Pizza Juice. I can, like, tell exactly what he read, what he watched during season one. Um, So I'm not, like, super impressed by it. I didn't think it was radically good. But I also think that, like, if you're going to watch, like, a genre show, like, if you're going to watch basically anything that's, like, interested in exploring a specific genre, um, you're, like, signing up for, like, a lot of cliches. Like, you know, you're, like, that's kind of just, like, what a genre piece is. Um, And so this new season is, like, way more in my wheelhouse of, like, what I'm into. I, like, love Los Angeles as a space. I, like, love... Um, the idea of it being in, like, modern-day California. There's just something, like, really interesting about how isolated California feels to me because it's such a big state. And I just right. kind of feel like that just happens to be more in my wheelhouse. I do not think a lot of people are going to agree. I actually think a lot of people are going to be disappointed by this season. And I think a lot of people yes. probably hated that first episode. But I'm way more on board than I was during season two, frankly. Well, first of all, I will say that the dialogue that Nick Pitolato comes up with a lot of times is very dense and kind of hard to sit through. I mean, just the, you know, season one came away with gems like Time is a Flat Circle. Ugh, that was like borderline a meme, literally. Such, cr- such crazy things come out of the, the, the characters' mouths. And even this one, like Vince Vaughn talking about the, casi- the casino that he runs, like we're a relationship of codependency. I mean, oh, yeah. like it's a lot. The, the dialogue that he has is so crazy, but yeah, I do agree Yeah, or when Colin you. Farrell, um, sex god Colin Farrell, is like in a car recording something for his son, and he's like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. Now astronauts don't even go to the moon. I was like, hello. Like their show is not even trying to be grounded in how human beings talk. But that's okay. 
You know, that's okay. It's like everyone is. It's like these these show these like these episodes exist in like a world where it feels like everyone's going through some some kind of like existential crisis. You yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Totally, totally. That's like the thing that I sort of did appreciate about the first season. Like basically, like once the first season ended and I had like a couple days to like rid myself of its like weight, I was able to just sort of appreciate its like mysticism as like yeah, like an examination on like what it means to just like be a person. And like that's kind of what already I feel like season two is about. So now I kind of get the vibe that that's what Nick Pizza Juice is about. He wants to like yes. examine like what is it like to be a decent man? <laughs> like that's like all he's really interested in. And Pizza Juice wants to determine what it's like to just be a sauce on a cheese pizza. Right. Time is Every a flat circle pizza. and that flat circle is a pizza. <laughs> Time is a flat circle being tossed in the air by an Italian guy. <laughs> Season three takes place in an Italian pizzeria in real time. <laughs> it's an eight-hour pizza session. Yeah, I don't know, but it was... T- I mean, I think Colin Farrell is... I just, like, can't explain to you how much I love Colin Farrell, period. I just think he's, like, always been so much better than anything he's been given ever. Like, literally, he's just such a good actor, and he's, like, such a... He's just, like, such an incredible presence on screen for me. Am I, like, the old... Do you feel this way at all? Am I, like, the only Colin Farrell fanboy? The, like, the two... He was amazing in TD Season T, Episode 1. Yeah. Really great. Loved him beating the shit out of the guy whose son cut up the LeBrons because anyone who puts their hands on a pair of LeBrons deserves to get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. Um, I loved the line... I'm going to butt fuck your dad with your mom's uh, headless corpse. <laughs> Loved that line. And honestly, something I've said to Janet before, so I was a little annoyed. I was like, okay, original <laughs> writing. Heard of it, but whatever. Continue. Uh, I also loved your boy Colin Farrell in in Bruges, one of my favorite movies, and he is Damn. amazing in that movie. He's so good. Um, so, yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board. Let me, let me, get, let me get some of it, you know. Rachel McAdams' character is super boring so far. Okay, yeah. Can but we I, discuss? I, I have, like, can we discuss I have faith Rachel? that sh- her character will actually say a word in <laughs> in this upcoming season because <laughs> she was very in the background. Even though she, she had a lot of airtime, but it was very much like, let's everyone talk to her. Right. And her not talk to anybody. Yes, you're so right. That is such a great call. That's exactly what it was. It definitely felt like she had no authority in any scene. She was just sort of like like a point of contact for other people in the scene, even people who aren't the, the char- main characters of the show. Although, right. like, that last scene was so, like, Justice League Assemble or whatever, where it's like oh my God, the three cops scene was, <laughs> Right. It's like, I guess we're the true detectives. I guess you, know? you and I are just a couple of real cops. Like, no, true detectives. Um, yeah, that was right. crazy. Also, side note, like, what exactly were we supposed to take away from that first scene with Rachel McAdams? We're like, oh, we're. Is it that she wanted to have right. anal sex and that guy was like weirded out? That's what I thought. Is that what you thought? I thought that's a, what I thought. There's like a weird sexuality kind of running throughout the first uh, episode. There's seems themes of sexuality and also dad issues. Um, which a lot of times are connected. But yeah, they're, and they all was... happen to be my kinks, which is crazy. No, I'm kidding. But we also know that this season has, like, a crazy orgy scene. Did you, like, hear about that when that was, like, being uh, filmed? I think so. Oh, uh, I think I, I remember that. I, that was, like, yeah, three right. months ago. That's, like, the big thing coming mm. this season. Like, I don't know, like, whether right. it's going to be as epic as it seems. But, like, that, aside from the casting, that's, like, the only other big piece of information that was circulating. That there's a huge orgy scene. So, I mean, like, but yeah. the sex is You have there. the weird... 
you have the sex, you have the weird anal sex reference at the very beginning. The guys, the guy who is, ends up getting killed, you know, his apartment's like decorated in these weird phallic images and like orgies. There's the weird, like, I read a lot of takeaways that said there was like David Lynch references with the, with the Asian girl in the bowl of milk that Colin Farrell kind of sees. Oh, huh. Um, and then the third detective, the third true detective, the CHP officer, like, yeah, the dude gets, from Friday Night like, Lights. He gets like proposition for a blowjob from some actress. I I was unclear as to whether that actually happened or if he like turned it down because he's a moral guy. But then I'm, but then he got he was asked to like take time off. So I was like, okay, did yeah, he, no. did he do it? Did he engage? Yeah, I think I think the yeah I don't know I think it was. I don't know. See, this I is my problem with pizza juice. Like, he's a really yeah. incredible. Like, he loves his characters. He's so into dialogue. His world building is like incredible. His point of references are really rich. But he cannot like. He has no literacy for how like stories progress. Like, mm. I did not feel like season one progressed into. It was the definition of an anticlimax. And I love the finale. Yes. Even so, like even whatever it was, I just loved what it did. I liked how like. It clearly, like, wanted to... It was exactly what it wanted to be. But, like, there is just something about... Like, you can't use the kind of language that he uses with such, like, force and, like... I don't know, like, such... Like, it's so operatic. And then have your plot be such basic case Season one was... Right. Season one was disappointing because, like, none of the occult shit had to do anything with the finale. Right, right. That is, like, such a big... Yeah, it was totally... It was all filler and, like... I don't know. There's something to be said about, like, the aesthetic of a show. I think that's, like, super important. And, like, um, yeah, no, so that was, like, great. But this was another example of it where, like, by the end of the first episode, I was like, okay, I have a sense of, like, what's going on. But this is not um, this is not Nick Pizza Juice being, like, an enigmatic storyteller. This is him actually thinking right. this shit's coming across clear. And it's not. He's not a great... Yeah. He's not, he doesn't know how to, like, maintain momentum in a way that is actually, like, comprehensible. <laughs> You know, but I think I think that's probably what turned off a lot of people about the first episode is that it it was kind of did people not like it? I didn't read any hot takes. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of the hot takes I saw were, um, you know, a bit disappointed. You know, because it kind of the first season was very obvious. You know, Mm -hmm. McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are the true detectives. They're on a they're on a mission to catch this killer who killed this. You know poor girl who get, gets murdered in this very sensational way, where season two, the first episode is, you know, there's all these, like, roads. It's, you know, Colin Farrell's got a road. Rachel McAdams is doing something else. Yeah. The other guy, I don't know who that is, Friday Night Lights bro, is doing something yeah. else. And then they all kind of converge. Um, so it kind of, st- I mean, the, the, the beginning of this season is kind of like the opposite of how season one began. Totally. And so I think it's that's a bit throwing a lot of people off. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, and I do think there's something about the first season's conceit of like going back and forth in time that just sort of like gives you a bit more willingness to not need facts right away. Right. You know, it's like kind of a bit disorienting just in how the story is being told. So you're kind of just like down to let the show's pace dictate how engaged you are. But this is like a pretty linear story so like to not know what's going on is like more frustrating than it is in season one i'm not personally really frustrated but i get why someone would be you know and plus there's all this anticipation and people are expecting so much and you know he pizza juice doesn't give a shit about what we expect nor should he he Um, really doesn't care do you remember when he said the lead was going to be two women and then it like totally changed like yeah part of me thinks that he doesn't know what he's doing (laughs) half the time i know part, part of me thinks he like 
rewrote a majority of the season last minute. He hasn't alluded to this, but I really feel like that happened. So I'm like kind of worried. I don't know why. Like he also described that this season was going to be about like the like the uh, like occult um, like nefarious occult activities that have like lended mm. itself to California transportation. The transportation seems to be there, but then he said that like the occult stuff isn't, and this is like. Zero hour. Like, what? <laughs> like, how do you... How do you say that? And then, like, how did you... When did you remove it? I don't know. I don't know. It's, like, all... It's only been an episode, so I don't know truth. But I don't know. The show is just weird, dude. Like, there's something about True Detective that's, like... I don't... I just don't get how it got so popular. Like, what... Like, the reaction to it was, like, lost. Like, people on the internet were... It was, like, a Reddit show. And I, like, don't get how. Like, mm. what was it? Like, yeah, what got people so in? Like, I think it's fine. Honestly, it's a good show. But, like, what happened? I don't know. I didn't. I, 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 I'm guessing a lot of it had to do with the performance of McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson. Like you, I didn't watch season one as it was airing, so I didn't really catch on to the excitement until like the last episode. I think was the only one that I caught live. Oh my god! During so it. nice. I literally watched so it in kind of, March of this year. So I'm like. Yeah, I know so you bad. like just watched it, right? Yeah, I watched it like 15 seconds ago. Like, what is my problem? <laughs> So anyway, yeah, I don't know what how it really caught on, but I mean, I think people have very high expectations, and kind of like we alluded to with the with the um, Twin Peaks thing. There's, it's just people are just guaranteed to be disappointed. Totally, I didn't read a single hot take, and I was confident that it was gonna have have backlash. Like you can just feel it. Right. Like of course it will. I don't know. I mean, but I'm like super into mm-hmm. it. It's like good, and I don't know. California is just like a cool. Spot. I mean, New Orleans, like Louisiana, like the Southern Bayou, right. and that shit is cool too. Like, obviously, like I love that. But there's just something a bit it, more interesting to me, and in, like the reference points of California and like Chinatown is like I think probably the most obvious reference point that he's using with like man-made roads and man-made waterways and like shit like that. Like it just seems like that's right. probably his. And you know, there's like a there's like a style. New Orleans obviously lends itself to the cult. With the voodoo shit and all that right. stuff, California lends itself to film noir, and yeah, so totally great. Call. I think you're I probably gonna s- going to see a, a whole lot more of that. But speaking of California, you ready for this segue? Oh my god, <laughs> am I? I'm gonna dice this one up. <laughs> California is the setting for one of the most popular podcasts. <clears throat> Janet, <clears throat> why couldn't <clears throat> we get the president? So basically, Serial wins a Peabody, and Barack Obama visits Mark Marin. Meanwhile, I'm I have a glass of water to my right that I'm thrilled about, and that's the highlight of this podcast experience. No offense, yeah. Jack. You have screwed me for the last time, Janet. I hope Our you never highlight- come back from Japan. <laughs> Our highlight this week is that it's another week away from Janet. <laughs> Our highlight this week is that Janet was not in the same time zone, and... Already, with the minute we end this podcast, we're one step closer to her being near. <laughs> I don't see no president anyway, yes. in my future, but yeah, the Barack Obama president. What the fuck? The president was on what the fuck with Mark Maron uh, that aired on Monday. What in God's name am I supposed to think of this? <laughs> my mind was blown when I heard about this. Was yours? It was. It was blown when I heard about it. But then I listened to it, and then I was like, oh, this isn't that crazy. It wasn't that... What did you think? Okay, what did I think of the interview? I actually didn't think it was that great, to be honest. Yeah, Um, neither did I. I didn't think it was that great either. It wasn't that great. I mean, like, part of me wants to... So part of me wants to know... Because obviously, this is not a last-minute... 
this is something that takes months to plan, like, 100%. Like, there's no doubt that, like, the White House press commute group or whatever um, have been, like, talking to Mark Maron for, like, weeks now. So part of me wants to, like, have heard the version of this interview that would have happened, like, not the same week as what went down, like, the tragedy in Charleston, because I do think that, like... Shit was just heavier. Like Obama couldn't right. engage with the kind. He could of, not kind of talk about, you know. They got they they, they discuss like gun gun right. laws and oh, stuff like and that. It and they kind of discuss so like, much. I mean, like not only did right. they talk about it, but I just don't think. I think Obama is like obviously an incredible. He's like brilliant, and he's like an incredible orator. So he knows that he he knows not only what he has to talk about and what he can't talk about, but he also knows like exactly the type of interview e he needs to be right now and he has to be like yeah. his voice has to be sort of like at a specific timbre like he's not going to be able to i think obama if this interview was happened a week and a half ago i think obama would have been more vivacious would have been more of like a mark Marin subject and that's the interview i mm. wish i could hear but like i know but that ain't what went down and mark Marin was it so nervous just... which i was obsessed oh with. i know so great. I love it. I've um, never seen him nervous. We've talked about this a lot. We've seen him smug with people he clearly hates. <laughs> and we've seen him yes. sort of like sycophantic with Suck people that up. he really respects. I've never seen him right. nervous before. So I'm kind of obsessed. I know. It was great. It, it was, was great to see him like that. It was disappointing that it wasn't like a typical what the fuck interview where they kind of like go through the guy's life and what's led up to his his situation right now. Because right. Obama clearly kind of was in the state of mind where... You know, he kind of has to talk about it. He has to just talk because, about it. Just because it, it had happened, like, the day before the interview took place. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do? You're just going to have to suck it up and... And it's one of those things where you just, he can't even, you know. like... I mean, like, I just don't think there's any possibility that, like, Mark Marin was not itching to ask him questions related to race. I just think there, it's like, I know that that's what he wanted to talk to him about. I mean, it had to be like, I'm not sure, but like it had to be, cause that's what I think. That's all I, that's what all I think left leaning people would probably want to talk to him about if they had him in a space where he has to be a bit more real, real and a little less presidential. I'd want to be like, do you like, you know, how do you feel about the fact that like your race has been completely paramount during your both terms of your presidency. But of course, he can't even talk about it now because there's sort of this like other racial event that's like happening and he has to sort of be like a level headed face. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It's like so frustrating. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, what did you think of Obama? Like, how did you feel his interview was? I was not obsessed on either direction. No, I wasn't obsessed either. I thought it was very kind of like a. Unfortunately, it felt very politically charged. You know, he was kind of talking about how the role Congress plays, and he was kind of like spitting out, you know, stats from his presidency and his administration and what he's done as president and things that have that has been accomplished under him and stuff like that, which is not really what I was looking forward to for a what the fuck interview. Right. It kind of you could do that on like CNN or you know during a. State of the Union address or whatever. Right. But when you tune into what the fuck, you kind of expect to hear kind of like a dressed down, low key interview where the guys like kind of duped into being more open than they would in other settings. Right. And it's almost like I would have, in this case, almost rather have this interview be once he's no longer in office. Like it wouldn't have had the same weight in terms of what it means for podcasts, which is really what this is most interesting. It's like, this is yeah. in the same year that, like, Serial wins a Peabody. Like, aside from the fact that Janet has screwed us 
like an animal in a barn, if you know what I mean. Um, right. I really think that it's also kind of like, holy shit, like podcasts are completely um, legitimate forms of like new media because the president just sat down with like a comedian in a garage <laughs> in LA <laughs> just because this podcast yeah. popular enough. So it's like on that level, I kind of like almost, I get like why he would want to go now. Um, but it's almost like, I don't know. Maybe there's no point. Maybe there was no universe in which Obama could really talk to him man to man because he still just has to be the president. I don't right. know, but I just wanted him to like talk the things like that a really. Buddy. When I was like intrigued and when I was like most wrapped in what was going on was when Obama was kind of like talking about his dad and like his upbringing and stuff. Oh my god! Yes, same. I loved that part. So, I mean, that was the stuff that I was interested in. And then when he was, like, kind of talking about gun control and, you know, how Congress is screwing him over and all that stuff, it's like, oh, come on. We could hear this. We'd hear this in any number of forums. It's not why people tune into what the fuck. Right. You know? No, totally. But just, like, it is still crazy that, like, Mark Maron sat down with Barack Obama. Like, I just cannot it believe it. I really can't believe it. <laughs> so... Janet, we know you don't listen. First of all, I'd like to say that Janet (laughs) does not listen to this podcast. She does not. uh, When she's not editing. She didn't pick up on our cues to uh, signify that she does listen. So we're going to continue to shit talk Janet as much as we can. Mm -hmm. uh, Because she 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 doesn't tune in. She doesn't listen. She doesn't care. She doesn't care what we have to say. Right. She's a fraud. Oh my god, <laughs> she's a fraud bastard, Mary. <laughs> she's a fraud bastard. Is that too harsh? I don't know. To be no, at all not. related to my name, that's harsh. I don't want to bring her into this hellhole <laughs> that is my truth. <laughs> Mama Mia. I wonder if she listened no, to that but... interview. I wonder if she has any idea what's happened on this side of the globe. <laughs> that's what I really a, can't wait. Uh, I know Janet in Asia really is fascinating to me. I Do really you... <laughs> wish we had. I mean, Japan's some kind clean, of... so she's in a good spot. Right, but I don't know. Korea, didn't she go to China, too? Um, No, she went to South Korea and Japan. I texted, uh, because she stayed with our friend David, Mm -hmm. and I was uh, uh, WhatsApping David, and he said that she wasn't too hot on South Korea. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sounds about literally right. Like, put my head in a guillotine and bring the switchblade down. I'm not surprised. Her in China is, like, my... That is, like, the live stream I want to see most. Like, if I could have unlimited amounts of money and a lot of extra time on my hands, I would literally, while she's sleeping, drug her so she's, like, out cold for about, like, 48 hours so she could wake up in a Chinese, dirty Chinese hostel, the dirtiest one, because they're not all dirty, but, like, the dirtiest one, with, like, 10 yen to her name and just to see what she does. Right. And live stream it. Have her, like, a GoPro situation, like, built into her forehead. But anyway, yes, it is very, it's a big deal for podcasts everywhere that what the fuck was able to get Barack Obama, the president of the United States, in, <laughs> into, yeah, in, and just, you know. Totally. I mean, this is it. like, Obama's team is just so good at this stuff. Like, Obama's just Remember always on, been so good between two ferns. Right. Is that what you were going to say? Between two ferns, yeah, right. That's like, that's still crazier than this to me. Yeah, to me, yeah, that that's true. That one that was, was nuts, and that I've still never gotten. That to me was like the coolest, because the cool thing about all of these is like presidents have like pulled shit like this before, but like usually only when they're like in the election cycle. So like the fact that Obama's not even like mm. running for re-election and pulling stunts like this—not that they're stunts, but it's like 
I don't know, you've seen, like, uh, like, Nixon was on Laugh-In. That's, like, the famous one that, like, I studied in my, like, history of TV classes. Like, him being on Laugh-In. Yeah. It's, like, very sort of, like, countercultural comedy show. And it's, like, I'm one of the people. But that was, like, with a really clear intent of, like, pandering to this demographic that was, like, not going to vote for him. Um, but with right. Obama, I'm like, you have no reason. I mean, like, I guess it was when he was on Between Two Ferns, it was, like, related to the Affordable Care Act and, like, getting people insured. But... That's still such an effective way. He just has, like, a good team, like, a young, young, young team that just, like, gets it. Like, right. Like, Mark Maron's a huge podcast, probably one of the biggest podcasts, biggest comedy podcasts for sure, but it's, like, still not that big. Like, not really. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, I know what you mean. Right. In the podcast world, it's definitely, like, a big one, but outside Right, but, like, that, what does that like, mean, the podcast world? Yeah. Like, huh? But it, this episode got downloaded almost one million times. Did you know that? I'm sure there's people who only downloaded that one and are never going to listen to another what the fuck ever which is oh, for crazy sure. because it's, it's there's so many good great interviews on it and i don't know i don't i don't always listen to it i'm not like a have to listen to every episode oh no i only listen interview to the subject yeah right me too because like you know mark maron's stand-up is like take it or leave it oh god it's it, leave it, it. it that's the thing i don't yeah. like mark maron like i love him as an interviewer but like ah oh, you are not funny buddy like hell oh, no his stand-up yeah, is no. so annoying he's literally like the work he he just reminds me of like friends that my dad would bring around like every once in a while and we'd have to have dinner with him and i'd have to like <laughs> listen to him and i'd just be so bored he reminds me of like that mm. type of person where i'm just like ah. Can I finish this steak so we can wrap up the show? Like, that's how I feel every time I listen to him. That's crazy. So anyway, Obama and what the fuck. I thought it was still cool, even if the interview was not great. Yeah, I thought it was cool because uh, I love Obama so much. I really do. I love him so mm, much. It's like I don't mm, – it's like you have those presidents every once in a while that, like, have that sort of, like, effect on people that, like – you know, that people have, like, actual affection for. Like, Reagan is one of those for, like, a certain sect, like, JFK, obviously, and, like, a bunch in between. But, like, Obama, like, I just love him. I really, really feel like... I just, like, feel for the dude. Like, really. Yeah, right. You know, like, you so, really do. No, I do. I understand what you mean. And he's I cool. I voted for him uh, three times, so he is cool. My favorite... Oh, another part of my favorite... Another favorite part of the interview was when he was like, um, I have a permanent chill because I was born in Hawaii. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so great. Because I didn't ever think about that. And, like, that is what that is. That is what that Obama, like, effortlessness is. It's that he was born on a beach or, like, whatever. Like, he just has know, this man. real calm to him. And it's so interesting, his background and his life. And the I fact know. that they barely touch on it was so disappointing to me. I agree. I mean, the guy grew up in a single mother household in Hawaii, moved to Indonesia for, like, I don't know, a significant chunk of his youth and then like comes back, moves to basically another foreign country when he moves to like mainland United States. Like, come on, let's hear more about that. Right. Like, why wouldn't this interview just be about every moment of the years before he became president, including even the first term, but just like not political. Like, that is just what I wanted. I I wanted like an Obama interview that is like about like the political life and like what it means to be a political figure, but in the most like human way. So it's like a shame that that was like not what we got. And I'm sure Marin feels the same way. I'm sure he's like that. I did the best I could. I know. I'm sure, I'm sure Marin's like a little bit disappointed, but now it makes me want to read uh, the Obama. uh, Oh, dreams of my father. The the book about his book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So no, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to um, a very good friend, Vinny Lee, who like went to Obama's like signing of either that book or the audacity of hope. I don't remember which one came out while we were in high school. Um, but one of those went to it at the civic center in Marin County, the signing. And I was like, who is this person? Cause I'd never heard of him. And Vinnie Lee literally was like, this guy will probably be the next president of the United States. Mm. <laughs> this was in high Called school, it. like before earth, like literally before we weren't even close to the election. This was like junior year. So I guess actually in a way, like it was two years Vinny out. Had that, right. Yeah. He had that president presidential feel he president had that presidential president. feel or he was following it because i mean if 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 election cycles really start as early as they are now i guess it would have been starting but like hi we were 16 who was paying attention Vinny was right mama yeah. like so good job Vinny. yeah but i kind of want to read that book too mm. wait good Me friends too. book club good friends book club first book oh my god <laughs> dreams of my father by barack obama <laughs> <laughs> no chill like so intense <laughs> like thanks for listening to the good friends podcast our first podcast book dreams of my father by barack obama like um i'm gonna have no thoughts you gotta start somewhere you gotta start somewhere let's read that and everybody poops simultaneously and do like a comparative lit <laughs> episode i've already read everybody poops so same wait reading it now <laughs> so ha, ha, ha. stinky, stinky cheese, cheese man. man what a man what a man he was <laughs> What a stinky, what a stinky man. cheesy man. But we have other things to discuss, specifically devil tongues oh my of God. the week. And I say devil tongues because we have two very different stories that are related by a common thread yeah. of American rap artists. Oh my God, freakishly related. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there are two very influential rappers. Eh, there's one very influential big. rapper. <laughs> <laughs> one influential rapper and one, I don't know. Who's the influential Diddy. rapper? Not Diddy. What? Is he? He's a businessman. Not a, he's Diddy's a businessman, like one of the most important rap figures of all time. <laughs> you disagree? Rap figure. He's not a rapper. He's a rap figure. He was a producer. Yeah, but it, come on. Can you give me, give me four songs that he rapped on that okay, were no, no. good? He's not, an, he's not an important rapper, but I mean, he was like, Diddy is like one of the four most important. He was like one of the four key characters in the East Coast, West Coast. Rap I agree, but okay, no, like you're him right. And you're right. You're right. You're right about that. Right, him, him. Well, right, him and Shug was West Coast, but yeah, no, yeah, I no, yeah, him um, and Biggie right. and he then was Shug like, and Pac, like those were the four. Right. No, you're yeah. right about that. And then, but Rick Ross, he's a boss. Um, I guess. Okay, here's the thing with Rick Ross, which will like go into like the scandal. Can you this talk week. to me? I let's, feel like let's talk about the Rick Ross. Yeah, let's first. talk about Rick Ross first because I go feel into like. It. Rick Ross is constantly trying to prove his status as, like, a thug. Yeah, like like I don't say thug in, like, a bad way. Like, turn down the music, thugs! I mean, like, he wants to be a thug. And ever since he was outed as having been, like, a... A correctional officer. Yeah, totally. It's like, that's been in check. And he's been, like, trying to, like, stunt enough to, like, get that... I don't know, that flag back or something. And literally, this Mm. week, he was accused of... Forcing a man into his guest house at his Atlanta mansion, beating him in the head with a handgun, chipping his tooth, mangling his jaw so badly that this guy was apparently unable to eat his food, and now he's literally being held in jail without bail on kidnapping charges, aggravated assault, and aggravated battery. Those are huge charges. Humongous. (laughs) And he's literally without bail. This is Rick Ross. Oh, my God. This is like Rick Ross. 
Like, excuse me, this Ricky is... Rose. <laughs> this is Rick Ross minus like 200 pounds, too, because he's been eating all those pears. Oh, my God. Shout you know out to I mean? all my pears. That is just like, <laughs> put a gun in Shout me. Shout out to all the pears. I want to actually kill myself. So anyway. What do we, I mean, what am I supposed nuts. to think about? It? When I heard the story, I was like, Rick Ross. And then I read the details. I was like, Rick. Rick. <laughs> Rick. Freaking Rick. Like, what are you up to? What is his story? Like, like I don't huh? Know. Like, literally? I'm not. I think I think he doesn't have a story, and that's probably why he did Honestly, this. <laughs> he's 42. I want to just be like, okay, chill. Chill, chill out. out. Yeah, you're okay. Right. You're fine. I mean, I can't tell you the last, like, great song you dropped bars on, but you're fine. He has the worst verse in Monster. That is, like, forever what I'm going to remember him as. The, uh, he was the opening verse, right? He is, yeah. If you can even call those, like, eight mm. bars a verse. Like, huh? Um, the detail that stands out to me about the story is that Rick Ross's estate is 265 acres. <laughs> How does he have that much money? It's a pear farm. What do, what do you do? Yeah, what do you... It's a pear <laughs> farm. <laughs> I don't know. What does he do? Like, literally, what does I he do? I don't know. How does he... How can he afford a place that big? He can't, I have right? a feeling that That's Rick all, Ross like, is always looking for something he lost. <laughs> Doesn't he seem like the kind of guy who's like always about to leave and he's like, oh, where are my sunglasses? He just seems like that guy, like yeah, right. always a little stressed. <laughs> Has anyone seen my iPod? Like, why, are you still, why do you still have an iPod? Ah! Like, ugh, right. Rick. <laughs> why do you still have an like, iPod? I'm so annoyed. I really feel like he loses everything. He does. He loses a lot. Is he married? Does he have kids? What's his story? Who knows? He shouldn't have kids. He shouldn't procreate. Just stick to the pears, Rick Ross. No one cares about you. No one cares. I just cannot believe. By far the more interesting and intriguing one is the P. Diddy story (laughs) because that actually is is like – it's like it's it's a it's a bad rapper story and it's also a bad parent story. Oh my god, my, like such <laughs> because if, of if what you happened. could add a bad hotel story, which is my only other favorite type of story, this would be like the greatest story of all time. Trifecta, we'd have to like we'd shut have it down. To, like closing up shop episode. <laughs> right. Okay. What are the? Um, but anyway, what happened? So P Diddy, he's a dad. <laughs> okay, he's a dad. His son is a football player at UCLA. Oh, okay. Justin Combs, the kid, God bless him. I'm sure he's very athletic. I'm sure he's great at sports. He doesn't play much, and by all accounts, he's not very good. What happened on this fateful Monday <laughs> afternoon? One of the coaches, who also, uh, in a, in a kind of a bizarre twist you don't know about the story but he's the coach who eventually got involved with with diddy is the infamous uh, jets sideline tripper who uh during a jets dolphins game tried to uh trip a player who who, who was like on field huh? uh, but anyway that's unrelated but that's just kind of like a funny God. coincidence. Um, <laughs> Such a, the fact that anyway. like the story that like intersects with this is something as lame as someone being tripped is like Jesus Christ. It's a very well known story in in the football uh, thirty fan, for thirty fan, fan world. Um, it, it should be anyway. So so Diddy is at UCLA practice on Monday, hanging out, watching the kids. <laughs> Uh, his kid, who isn't very good, gets yelled at by this coach. Oh Diddy, not too happy about that. Oh my god, daddy! Goes 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 to see the coach in his office after the practice. 
Apparently things get heated. They get into a physical altercation, start fighting with each other. Diddy goes into a different room, into the weight room, grabs a kettlebell, and then comes back a swinging. A two-and-a-half-pound kettlebell. Diddy going crazy. Full like, force. I'm done. What do you think? What do you think? I don't even know what to so think. He's, what is he planning? So what does he do? He's just <laughs> swinging it around? <laughs> he, well, he's trying to fucking hit this guy because they're My fighting. God. Are they fighting or is he, like, fighting it's, him? Uh, you know, apparently, so what happened was a bunch of, like, a, a football assistants come in. They settle down the situation. The cops get called. The cops get to UCLA campus in, like, a stroke of actual, you know, logical uh, police work. They review the security footage and determine that Diddy is the one who uh, began, you know, this altercation. And they subsequently arrested him for, uh, like, I think the official thing that they said, it was multiple counts, but one of the ones that stand out to me was it was, like, a terrorist act. Or an act of terrorism what? or something. Really? From what I remember from the official UCLA police department release that they Oh my god, Los out, Angeles has they, never it, once it, been the victim of terrorism. If they think Diddy's swinging a barbell at a UCLA gym counts. I know, and it was... It Is this was their 9-11? So, it was so surreal <laughs> because... It was so surreal because it was like official police um, issued statement that was like... Sean Combs used a kettlebell to attack, like, a UCLA football assistant coach. He's been charged with, like, blah, 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 blah. And apparently the, uh, they like, TMZ was the first one to record it, and then there was a bunch of, like, local news, news outlets there taking pictures of Diddy, like, in the back of the UCLA PD squad car. Oh, my God, PD, D, nice. So, and so the team isn't, pursuing charges against or the coach and the team aren't pursuing charges against P. Diddy but apparently the Los Angeles district district attorney is why racist no idea some yeah for some reason they are but what a crazy that is crazy number one the only reason the UCLA coach isn't is because they're gonna like pay out behind the scenes right for sure for sure the only reason Justin Combs is on the team because is because like it's Diddy's kid, so you know, you know what I mean. What's gonna happen to Diddy's like, I'm kid? Sure Does he's he get a... kicked out? No, 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 absolutely oh, not. Oh my god, he's not gonna get kicked out. He didn't do anything. It's not his fault. I was talking to this about, I was talking with this to Pam earlier, and she's like, you know, if you're the kid, like it's embarrassing. It's not nearly as embarrassing as it would be if you were like 15 or something, right? Because when you're 22, it's like. You know, there's some separation. Yeah, totally. At that point, you're just kind of like, uh, but you're not like, Dad, put the barbell down! Yeah. Wait, is his son's 22? Right. It's about time he wraps up his degree, right? I mean, that's how old you are when you graduate college. Oh, I guess you're right. So this is his last year anyway? Yeah, right. I mean, this is his fourth year on the team, I believe. Oh, my God. Fourth or third year. How much year. is left of but the season? It's yeah. June. I mean, this is the, this is, dude, this isn't. This is the fucking preseason practices. What? That's how crazy this is. The season doesn't even start until September. Oh, my God. But the fact that you're getting this worked up. If UCLA got to, like, the college championships or whatever, would Diddy literally have TNT strapped to himself, ready to press the trigger in the stands? (laughs) I mean, you would think so. Honestly, in all white, so it's blood really He's going this crazy about preseason. Jesus. 
Okay, yeah. first of all, LA so. District Attorney, racist. 100%. 100%. What does the DA care? This guy said he's not going to press charges. Uh, I don't know. You're telling me that's yeah, not racist? Got to, it's, I'm not saying anything. I'm just sitting back and enjoying you talk about it. Um, but you're right. It's one of those things. What, what's the, uh, there's like that South Park episode where they just, they, the police in South Park just, just go after rich black guys. I haven't seen that, but like, um, literally. Yeah. He wants a shakedown. Who is this DA? Is he so, white? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, um, if I yeah, literally but, worked yeah, at Gawker right. right now, the headline would be the real white party. Ooh. Thank Good you. one. Oh, because Diddy has a white party white in the Hamptons Yeah, it's year. not like a white power pun. Right. It's a fun rap right. party pun, my favorite. <laughs> no, I literally think this so is anyway. racist. I mean, not really, but also like a little bit. I don't know. I just kind of feel like... Of... We'll see. What if the DA ends up being black or Asian or something? Yeah. I hope he's like... Asian, so I'll be like, um, well, I'm I not mean, sure. You can still be a- I, I guess it would still be racist if he was Asian, but... What if he was black? Then you've got to put your foot in, the, in your mean, own mouth. I mean, yeah, I guess I would have to eat my own feet, as it were. But at the same time, I don't know. L.A. is a historically problematic place when it comes to how yeah, the, law yeah. is. <laughs> Ask Rodney King. Yeah, honestly, what are Rodney King's <laughs> thoughts? Oh, he's literally face down in a pool. Rest in power. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. That's a crazy story. That's, like, so crazy. Just the image of Diddy I mean, running around stories. with, like, a barbell or whatever it is is, like, um... Also, Diddy's, like, kind of short, so this is a really funny image. And there's, uh, you know, there's security footage out there somewhere. Oh, my God, you're so right. Like, locker time. room footage? There's, it's just a matter of time. It's your favorite footage. Locker, locker room footage. footage. I hope that, like, when they start showing it, they show just, like, a little bit of the, sh- like, showers, just for no reason. Just, like, for, like... Just edit it in for context so I know where I'm at geographically. But I... It's, it's gonna be would, an edited in shot of the 50 Cent uh, to Get Richard Die Trying stabbing scene. Just add, it's a it's a super cut. It's a YouTube super cut of the best rap security right. footage slash rock, locker room shower footage. People want it. We're going viral. That is so funny. So what's gonna happen? Is Diddy in jail? He got bail, right? For sure. Uh, he, yeah, he got bail, but he did get put in jail. So I don't know what's. Gonna I just happen. love that we'll Rick see. Ross can't get out of jail and is like one hundred percent without bail. I mean, I guess like it's more what what Rick Ross is doing is way more premeditated and not a crime of passion. Yeah, that seems like I know that seems way fucked up <laughs> compared to Diddy's thing. Yeah, him coming and like pistol whipping this guy, and now the guy can't move his jaw, and then being arrested for kidnapping. Meanwhile, Diddy is like, mm, "You hurt my son's honor. Like, where are the barbells?" Like, yeah. What? But also, you know that uh, father so and anyway. son things are my triggers. I'm also, like, a little emotional and turned on by the story. I get it. It's sweet. He loves his it. son. I get it. I love it. it. But also, side but anyway, notes. Those... One more question about the sports angle. When you said that his son doesn't play that often, are we to assume that he's only on the team because of his dad? Is that what it is? Uh, I think Ugh. so. I think that's the implication. It's, like, it's analogous to... Master P's son playing on the USC basketball that team. That is so funny. He just gives, like, a ton of money to what, like, the sports teams, like, <laughs> the team. Yeah, maybe there's, like, a sizable donation, and then the head coach is like, okay, we got a roster spot for God. it. But Master P's thing was, the ma- the little Romeo in USC was a little bit more maybe illegal. Really? But oh, my God, Lil we'll Romeo yeah. was Master P's son? Yeah, yeah. I did not it. know that. Come on, I dog. didn't know. Lil Romeo was always in Lil Bow Wow's shadow. Mm. 
the little the little shadow the, the little really didn't <laughs> yeah. yeah big trouble in little shadows yeah really uh poor marketing anyway th- those so two d- rappers get the double tongue. tongue of the week uh, so there so. they go good job good job good job rick Good job, Rick. Good job, Diddy. Oh, man. I hope Rick Ross isn't getting bark farted in an Atlanta prison shower right now. <laughs> and if he is, you wanted to see the Yeah, I'm going to need to see that footage ASAP. <laughs> why, Rod? Um, Just send it to my Gmail. We said why. Just send it. Just send it. Though I love him being on the other side of the cell. I would love if it was the same mm. jail cell that he was, like, the correctional officer for. And if people were like, welcome to our side, piggy boy. Right. There's some really fucked up guy in the jail with him, and he's totally going to get barbed. Yeah, barbed. like the minute the jail cell closes, it's like, hey, Officer Rick, remember me? Happy to see you again. Pass <laughs> no, me that <laughs> Pass me that Nivea cream. For what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Turn around. Turn around. Lights out. So, so, so fucked Dark, up. Can I do a one-man show of my interpretation of Rick Ross's first night in prison? <laughs> called Rick Rod watch it. A one, one night only <laughs> Ooh, yes me in a fat suit and blackface who is going oh, oh who is God. going the NAACP <laughs> to protest <laughs> protesters free tickets for everyone it's like no we're booing outside <laughs> come on in no we won't okay alright so devil tongue okay but speaking of sports moving on let's hit up good friend speaking of sports good friend of the week Last episode, we alluded to the fact that it was the day of Game 6 of the NBA Finals. And guess what happened? Mm. Your boys won. Your damn boys won. Good job, Warriors. They did it. We watched it at a bar. We got Victory Taco Bell afterwards. Yeah, we had Victory Taco Bell. And Jack was also in a documentary. Don't play it down, Brett. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's true. But you know what? Like, Going back and like remembering the answers oh my God, I gave, were you so drunk? they were really. I was like drunk and like, uh, I I think I was like really boring. Oh no! I think I was like not intriguing at all, and like the answers I gave were really esoteric and kind of like just ramblings of a drunk. Oh fool. no! What did you say? Were you like, yeah, they did it because the way you do it is about getting it done. Yeah, the girl was like, "What's your most memorable Warriors game?" And I was like, "It was this game." Like, it wasn't even a playoff game. It was a regular season game in 2008, and Baron Davis hit this three to go up by four against the Lakers. It was really memorable, and she was like, okay. Um, okay, uh, next question. That's yeah. her every single time you say something. So, so yeah, right. I don't think I'm going to make the cut. I think my footage is going to end up on the cutting room you floor so? of, of that said interview. Um, I mean, I don't know. It I could so. be intercut in like, because here's the thing. It's really the documentary is taking place in the West Coast. This was just footage on the East Coast for context about like what it's like. So they could have you in some quick montage of like, how did you feel? Really good. And then it's like on to the next thing. Yeah, you know? right. But I don't even, it was like, I don't even, I didn't understand. Anyway, I didn't understand what the documentary was about or who was in charge of it. But it, yeah, it, that was kind of interesting. Anyway. Good. How do you, how do you feel? This has been a long time coming for you. It was a long time coming, but honestly, like, the way the Warriors season was going, they were, like, the best from the very beginning of the year to the very end. So it was kind of, mm. like, unsurprising. It was almost just like, yeah, this is how it was supposed to go. Damn. Uh, and, like, 
you know, it, I, I was not overcome with like some like crazy emotion. Which pisses me off. I, I, I wasn't like, there's no like sports revelation that I've, you know, kind of like, there's no epiphany. There's no like moment of clarity. Uh, but it was very cool to see. I'm very excited. I got myself a bunch of swag. Yeah, one of them arrived today. Championship swag. Oh, yeah. did it really? What was it? What was I it? I threw it against a wall and just just oh. like see what it was because it. You better hope it was the bobblehead, not the bobblehead. <laughs> no, that no, was a t-shirt. Oh, okay, sweet. When well, I was sweeping cool. up the pieces, I said, um, "This isn't a t-shirt." No, it was it was a t-shirt. So swag one of ten. I got a I got a Steph Curry uh, finals jersey. <laughs> what the hell is a jersey? It's a, it's a t-shirt. That is also a jersey. What does that mean? You can't be both. Because you can't, like, I don't know, you can't be 26 years old and, like, go out wearing, like, a fucking Steph Curry basketball Ugh, jersey. Tell it to the bros so in the marina. The, Wouldn't step foot. You get, <laughs> you get the t-shirt jersey to kind of get, like, the best of So what is it? It's the kind of material of a jersey it, and, like, the long fit? No. It's the t- material of a t-shirt, but then it has, like... The name on the back with the big number, and on the front's like the I logo. See. Ooh, I kind of like that. I also love Scherzi as a right. Sounds like the nickname T-shirt for Jersey, Nicole man. Scherzinger of the Pussycat Dolls. It's way cooler than that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much to be cooler than Nicole Scherzinger of the Pussycat Dolls, but a shirt managed yeah. <laughs> a piece of cloth with three to four holes in it became managed to become cooler. So anyway, what did you did you get any swag? Um, did I get swag? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I bleed gold and blue. Are you kidding? I was screeching like a banshee. I got Pam some. I got Pam some socks, and she didn't even watch any of the. Yeah, finals. that's messed up. What did you get me? A jersey? A Nicole, you, you got me a Nicole Scherzinger <laughs> oh. jersey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I got you a Pussycat Dolls album. <laughs> Which in its own way, I totally like am able to immediately know like, oh my God, this instead of a Scherzinger because I'm Nicole Scherzinger, you're so nice. Like, what is my problem? I love the I Warriors. I love the Warriors. Thank you for this Pussycat Dolls t-shirt. Like, what? Or CD? Oh. No, that game was great. It was also like really good. Like, I haven't watched mm, a single game all season, but I knew they were doing well. So I know what you mean about like the momentum, like dulling the excitement. But like, even in like the last like 10 minutes, it was like... I don't know. It was like kind of neck and neck. It would like come in and out, you know, like. There was definitely in and out. I mean, there was a point in the third quarter where the Cavs were actually totally. ahead, and I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck? That's like they're actually ahead." Yeah, but, it was one of those things where know. it was like there was definitely moments when they could lose, but it was just unlikely. But like, just the fact that that existed was great for me as a someone who watched. <laughs> like I right. loved it, and on that and level. it was, for me, it was kind of like. A, it was just a matter of time because the Cavs were such a depleted team and it was basically like LeBron versus the Warriors. So, right. you know, even if even if the Cavs had won that game, the, I think there was no doubt that the Warriors were going to win game seven in Golden right. State. Right. So if, like, it was, if not this so, game, it was the next game. But I mean, you know what? Congratulations. Yeah. Love it for the and Bay. You know what? The parade was great. It was awesome that they did in Oakland. People were going crazy in Lake Mary. Really? That's awesome. I'm yes. obsessed. So happy it was in Oakland. That's right. Um, Good for the them. The parade was super entertaining. Wait, how do you know? You weren't there. It was there. great. <laughs> no, but they had, because they had, like, live feeds oh, of God. the uh, of the parade as it was happening. They, like, showed the speeches and stuff. Oh, and, yeah, speeches? Awesome. Who speaks? I'm s- Curry? 
Curry spoke. The whole the whole team. Did his daughter speak? Everyone on the team spoke. She like she he like brought her up and she was like super shy. God, he's like starting. She's getting a lot of yeah, attention. Yeah, she is. He's starting to pimp her out a little too much. She's gonna release a sex tape or something. Leave her alone. Oh my. She's like seven. God. She's she's two. Oh my. She's two years old. She's not. Tell seven. him that. He's like reading the reality show cameras. Like my life is oh, because, Curry. Oh my god, I know, and I hate that so much. I wish people would just leave people her alone. People are just desperate for like a, an anchor Ugh. in everything. They want like the story that's not the story for every story, you know. And she was so that. Story. I know. And and she she just kind of had a moment where she did some really cute stuff, and then it just kind of took off because people are are like savage for content. Uh. But anyway, no, I know. We it's, digress. it's hilarious the degree to which people like become animals for something cute. Like that is so fucking cute, and it's like a kid like <laughs> giggling in the mic. Fuck yes, more curry. Like um, she's there's like nine memes, and you know she's got her head superimposed on like everything. <laughs> no, totally. And, Jesus. I just imagine like an editor at BuzzFeed with like a whip, like seventeen reasons Steph Curry's yeah, right. daughter's a cute ass. Like um, <laughs> let her literally live. With that said, her reality show should be called Hot Ass Curry. I'd watch. I'd watch watch too. (laughs) But anyway, the Warriors are the good friends of the week. And right now, oh, that's right. And right now, the NBA draft's happening. Uh, Speaking of the NBA draft, (laughs) number one pick overall, this guy named Carl Anthony Towns. But here's a name that I want you. (laughs) He's saying speaking of as if anyone but you had said it. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, NBA draft. Speaking of the NBA draft, like what? (laughs) Speaking of the NBA. Is what I should have said. Okay, what's his name? Like Gurlunku? The yes, Gurlunku. <laughs> no, the guy that the Knicks drafted. His name's Kristaps Porzingis, oh and I'm just I can't wait to get back. To, I can't wait to just hear all the hot trash oh takes from the New York media about a guy named Kristaps Porzingis. I cannot wait to hear like Porzingis gets the ball. Porzingis, like people scream. I want Porzingis jerseys. Out and about. I also can't wait until. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting one. one. I also can't wait until. I can't wait until he sucks and then everyone just turns Porzingis into some kind of like. Oh my joke. god! It's like I don't when know Santorum. Hilarious. Mean, like something right. gross. Like, like a Porzingis one. <laughs> right. If there's some hilarious Porzingis puns, write them in. Email us at goodfriends. <laughs> goodfriends at gmail.com we'll read because our I can't think of any off the bat. <laughs> right. Let's patent all of them. <laughs> Let's trademark every single one and buy all the domains. Oh, yes. Get ahead of the curve. Oh, such yeah, a good idea. Yeah, all the Tumblr URLs. <laughs> we're going to have to, we're going to, yeah, right. We're going to hijack all of them. And then when people are going to want some Porzingis yeah. puns, too bad. Like, oh, yeah, for sure you can have that URL. $6,000 a month. <laughs> They're like, um, not worth it. Ah, oh, Porzingis. Oh, anyway. I hope he, like, cheats on his significant job, other to become Porzingis. Porzingis, oh, right? Porn, Porn Zingus. Yeah, oh go. my god! And you know what you can call yeah. jokes? Poor zingers. <laughs> Ooh, yes. The jokes for about how bad yeah. he is. Poor yeah, zingers. Yeah, zingers. Gawkers like round up of the best internet poor zingers. <laughs> That's a dead spin article. That waiting literally to happen. is. It's a meat spin article waiting yeah. to happen. Oof. That's no, porn zingers. <laughs> right. That's, That's porn zingers. But yeah, good job Warriors. Good job NBA. Good job Porzingis prematurely. Um, yeah. And what a what a week. We love it. What a week. 
another week without Janet, thank God. <laughs> I feel lighter. it's another day closer to her return. Yeah, I feel lighter, but also heavier because she's almost Ooh. back. I can hear that raven tapping at my cellar door. Like, literally. I'm done. <laughs> Time to, uh, I don't know, counter blessings because they're going to be stopping. <laughs> yeah, because we're hitting zero soon. But one we're good thing, you out. won't have to edit these episodes anymore. Good for you. It's true. Although I think you've been loving the challenge. It's kind of I'm fun. I'm sure it's fun. It's, it's not all bad. the worst. Yeah. It's all right. It's nice. <laughs> it's just nice. Janet, hurry, hurry up and come back so, so I don't have to do the same work. <laughs> it's not that bad. Like fingertips bleeding from the nail. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.